We know Taco Bell's food is great. They've even got a whole new cantina menu with fresh new ingredients. Taco Bell is not just for late night anymore with fresh new ingredients like slow roasted chicken, pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Taco Bell is a great destination for your midday fuel. They have amazing menu items like cantina chicken tacos, burritos, and quesadilla. I truly do love Taco Bell. I love a Crunchwrap Supreme. It is one of my favorite things to eat. Ooh, don't wait till it's late. Try the new cantina chicken menu now. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now, like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. you date me a podcast where me nicole buyer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could shit in a hat and tell me to wear it every day and i'll do it oh boy my guest today (laughs) you know them you love them they won a season of rupaul's drag race it's jinx monsoon Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, Jinx. What a treat. Thank you. You're in a closet right now. I love it. I, I am. I'm sitting in a closet. I've got one bare red light bulb. It feels like a nightclub in <laughs> the gay district in New York in my closet right now. <laughs> I love it. You can't go to the nightclub, so you brought the nightclub to your closet. <laughs> Do you know the one I'm talking about? Have you ever been to the cock in New York? I don't think I've ever been to the cock in New York. You've got to go, Nicole. Where is the cock? I don't even remember. I don't think I've ever been in (laughs) (laughs) enough wherewithal to like know exactly what streets we were on. But I think it's, you know, it's down. It's like in on Second Street or Fourth Street. I don't know. (laughs) I don't really understand New York, but (laughs) it's this gay club. It's like an anything goes gay club. And it's a favorite spot of the drag race girls to go when we're on tour. You know, they'll be open till 4 a.m. And there's all kinds of things I probably shouldn't share online. I don't want it to get shut down because it's my favorite place. (laughs) I, yeah, I've never been. I wonder why, but I did go to this gay bar in Florida called Ramrod where I walked in and there was a man (laughs) fucking right as I walked in and he recognized me. He said, I love you. And I was like, I love this. This is a dream come true. <laughs> I mean, public sex always just takes me aback for a moment. And then mm-hmm. I always feel so appreciative that I witnessed it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, public sex is funny because you're like, oh, I just walked into something I shouldn't have been seeing. But then you're like, oh, well, no, it's in public and we're in a public place. And I guess it's just porn outside of a screen. (laughs) I do. I love a gay bar. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. There's one in L.A. called Foo Bar where they have like a penis contest where you like go in the back, they take a picture of your penis, they put it on the monitors, and then you vote for the nicest one. You know, it, at first that sounds kind of shocking, but then when you think about the fact that like in the UK they have a dating show where they show you mm-hmm. one quadrant of the body at a time. <laughs> so, you know, that's just where we are as a society, you know? Yeah. We are willing to just dehumanize people down to the point that they are just genitals that we give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to. <laughs> yeah, that is so wild. Though I couldn't imagine being on that show and being like, all right, show them my pussy. <laughs> and let's see those pussies. <laughs> Honestly, that would be the only way I would go on the show if it was a bunch of pussies being revealed and some, like the host being like, all right, show those pussies. <laughs> yeah, because as it is right now, it's a very genteel, very like conversational show. No one makes a big deal out of mm. the fact that everyone's naked. But if it were to come to America, you know, we'd have some kind of obnoxious, like, frat boy host, like, show me the pussies! (laughs) It is funny that everywhere else, people are pretty okay with, like, well, not everywhere else. I, I just think we are so repressed with sexualities and whatnot. And I think it's so I mean, silly. The fact that like we can show so much gratuitous vi- violence on TV, but we're still so uncomfortable with a man's butt, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> unless it's set in the Middle Ages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then suddenly it's <laughs> fine for everyone to be naked. I was watching um, that new Ryan Murphy show on Netflix, maybe called Hollywood. Yeah, but, it's Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I was watching it. Oh, yeah, because they climbed the Hollywood sign. I was like, Hollywood. But uh, there was a scene where there was a man just walking naked and you saw his dick. And I was like, oh, uh, excuse me, please pause that. So, <laughs> so my roommate had to pause it and then we rewound it. And then he was very kind. He paused it right there for me. And I said, oh, this is nice. This is nice that us as a family can gather around the television and see a penis attached to a nice story. I know it was it was always so thrilling for me, um, you know, as a queer teenager, you know, the two <laughs> the two years between puberty starting mm-hmm. and me coming out of the closet. You know, <laughs> it was it was not a facade that lasted for long, but um <laughs> I always got so thrilled, you know, by the movies that you just get a glimpse of a man's penis in it mm-hmm. because I always felt so like bombarded by by breasts constantly oh, yeah. in movies, you know, and I would get excited when I would watch an R-rated movie at the thrill of nudity, you know, as a young teenager. <laughs> and it was always breasts and I was like, I've seen enough breasts, can I finally see? And then it was train spotting you and McGregor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see him him in profile. Um, you know, in the shadows, remove a condom and his um, penis just flies around in a helicopter, you know. And it was so <laughs> thrilling to me <laughs> as a queer teenager. I think I wore that part of the VHS out. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, my mom was pretty, my mom was, I didn't grow up in like a naked house per se, but my mom 
wasn't fully clothed all the time. And when we would watch movies and she saw like a nice man's butt, she would go, ooh. And I'd always be like, mom. But then then I was like, I grew up and was like, oh, you know, she was just truly appreciating the body and bodies are okay. They're just bodies. Yeah. I I was desensitized to nudity at an early age because for some reason in my family, it was just entirely acceptable for us all to just go into the bathroom while my grandmother was taking a bath. And mm. lots of like family <laughs> meetings happened with my grandmother in the bathtub, you know, um, gingerly covering up just her nipples <laughs> with her arms. We were a close family. <laughs> that's very funny. I, I mean, honestly, if I were a grandmother, that's the only way I'd want to be one. My grandkids gathering around my bath water being like, Grandma, it's like, mm, I can have no peace. I have a question. Are you in a relationship? Are you single? Are you mingling? What's going on? (laughs) I am currently in a relationship. It um, we just celebrated our one year anniversary of being together in April. And so this is the longest relationship I've been in that hasn't been un you know, hasn't been interrupted by something like I had a boyfriend leaving high school and we kind of were on and off again my first two years of college. And that's the only thing that's lasted longer than this one mm-hmm. continuous relationship. So I feel pretty, pretty blessed relationship wise right now because my boyfriend is, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I want to marry him once he's ready. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> I... Love that. That's so sweet. Congratulations on a year. Thank you. Yeah, we're having a good time. I mean, he lives in the UK, um, so we get to see each other about half of the year, just Mm -hmm. with my work taking me over there. And, you know, then every once in a while he comes over here for a couple weeks. But, you know, with the pandemic, it really does feel kind of like, okay, so we have no idea when we'll see each other Mm -hmm. again. Oh, boy. That fucking sucks. We're making the most out of it. (laughs) That's good. But, like, it's long distance, so a lot of your communication would be through, like, video chatting, right? Yeah. I mean, we text constantly. um, But normally, you know, like, I'm flying around and stuff, so we're not Mm -hmm. always eight hours apart. But right now we're on opposite schedules because Mm. (laughs) he wakes up early and goes to bed early eight hours ahead of me. So by the time I'm waking up normally, he's like gearing down. So it's so stupid. (laughs) But, um, you know, we're getting better at, we had a virtual date on the night of our anniversary, which was like, it's all this like sappy relationship stuff that I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm participating (laughs) in this. But then of course it's like, you know, like, take it away from me and I'll be like, well, why don't I have anyone to do stuff with? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's sweet to do. So, okay. Walk me through a virtual date because I can't (laughs) envision it. Oh, well, he, uh, Michael is his name. He had big plans. He really wanted us to cook the same dinner and then, (laughs) and then sit down and like pretend we were eating dinner together. But again, the time difference, you know, it's like (laughs) by the time we were trying to eat a meal together, it was like 2 a.m. for him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like four in the afternoon for me. I don't remember. (laughs) But it was 
It was ridiculous. We tried it. We ended up watching um, the new Invader Zim movie on Netflix together because you can like sync up your Netflix accounts and watch them remotely mm-hmm. together. But, um, <laughs> but okay. So what I both love about him and also the thing that worries me is mm-hmm. he has um, he has a really short attention span. So he like just mm. doesn't watch TV. And to be dating someone who can't just, like, sit down in front of the TV for four hours and just, like, (laughs) sit there not talking with the TV on. And, you know, he'll get 20 minutes into something and suddenly he's playing ukulele or he's, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) poking me in the back with his boner. It's just all kinds of stuff, you know? (laughs) I mean, there could be worse things. I would love to be poked in the back right now. I would say, ooh, okay, hello. Um, It sounds like your boyfriend is a lot like me. I have a pretty bad ADD. Um, So, yeah, it's so hard for me to sit and watch something new because Mm -hmm. I'm, like, wondering about an old thing that I watched or, like, what I'm going to eat in a couple minutes. Yeah, it's like I went grocery shopping yesterday and I forgot to take uh, my medicine, walked into the grocery store, and there was a stand of children's umbrellas and one had flames on it. And I picked it up and I went, I must have this. And then I wandered down the aisles and was like, I don't think I collected anything to make a complete meal. But then I was like, mm, I got to get out of here. And then I got home. I was like, what did I? I bought a bunch of ice cream, but I didn't buy any salad dressing for the lettuce I bought. You know, it's it's a it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I would be I, I live with my best friend who's also been like my assistant and tour manager manager since drag race um mm-hmm. and i don't know you know he he and i think in the opposite ways i'm very much like a big picture you know like i'm like tonight i'll make a casserole and that's the mm-hmm. end of my <laughs> thinking about it <laughs> and he's the one who helps me like think okay so what do you actually need to make this casserole and you do mm. realize we need to go to the store and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I have declared the casserole shall be made. (laughs) Yeah, that was me last night. I was like, I'm going to make chicken nuggets. And my roommate was like, how? I was like, I I got the chicken. And he said, do you know how to make chicken nuggets? I said, I'll find a recipe online. Then I found a recipe online. It was very bad. And he was like, I'll just, I'll I'll do it. I'll help you. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) That's the other way to utilize your community. You know, just make yourself so helpless that someone comes in and does it for you. (laughs) Um, Can I ask, uh, Uh so, oh, wait, when did you start doing drag? So I started drag, I think the first time I, like, did it to perform in drag was age 14 or right before 15. And by 16, I had won this under 21 pageant title. So I kind of like got shooed into um, performing every weekend at this all ages queer dance club that existed in Portland back in the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it was like for ages 13 to about 20, 21. um, And it was open till 4 a.m. And the fact that all these horny queer teenagers were just allowed to like create our own animal kingdom in <laughs> in this tiny nightclub is really amazing that like I had that growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I started doing drag um, around age 15 and was like basically working as much as any other drag queen works um, by age 16, lying about my age and getting into 
bars and performing <laughs> in their cabaret shows and stuff. Um, gay bars and drag bars in particular um, tend to be a little lax about rules. <laughs> you know, when you're in drag, you can get away mm-hmm. with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, yes, this is an adult woman. Yes, we love <laughs> this. This is an adult woman. Please give her your crumpled up ones for her to live off of. <laughs> uh, did you find dating... It was dating harder once you started doing drag or was it just kind of the same? No, it was definitely, you know, I dealt with a stigma for a long time, really until drag race started becoming the cultural phenomenon that it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Dating was very, being a drag queen was something I kept secret and would hide until the right moment to like let someone know who I was seeing. Mm -hmm. And it was such a big part of my life and it was such a big part of who I am that it's amazing to me that there was ever a time that I <laughs> was able to lie about it, you know, that mm-hmm. there was a time that I was able to keep it secret. Um, but yeah, it was like, you know, there was just a lot of stigma. There was a lot of confusion over what being a drag queen means and what that means for your sexuality and gender mm-hmm. identity. But there was also a lot of confusion within me because I used, because of that stigma, I used to think that like, you know, the only way to get boys to be interested in me was to act really really boyish out of drag Mm -hmm. you know to counteract all the negative stigmas about being a drag queen so in my own way you know it's not like I was butch by any means but like in my (laughs) own way I acted super boyish out of drag and built this like boy persona that was really inauthentic to me because that's what I thought I had to be for guys to want to date me Mm -hmm. nowadays that the stigma of drag is like kind of torn down and on top of that, the like the fact that the queer community is embracing, you know, all forms of gender identity and all forms of sexuality in a way that it wasn't doing 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, my dating life has improved. And a lot of that's coming out as non-binary and being more authentic to who I truly am. You know, now I'm having sex with people who want to have sex with me as myself mm-hmm. rather than as this boy persona, you know? <laughs> yes, that I love very much. Because yeah, sex is it, always better when you get to be yes. yourself during it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's very hard to like keep up a, a whatever persona you're trying to convey when you're like, trying to be open and vulnerable at the same time. It's like you're doing double the work. Oh, yeah. Like when someone's eating your ass, it's really hard to like be also (laughs) doing a character voice, you know? (laughs) I love that. Um, I also love to ask like comics and drag queens who uh, travel a lot. Do you get race chasers? This is what Bendela told me that they're called. Yeah, we call them race chasers. (laughs) I um. So my boyfriend and I, um, I, I I don't know if his family will end up listening to this, but <laughs> my family doesn't give a shit. But um, we're we're open mainly because of the long distance, and we have a lot mm-hmm. of you know our we have our communal um, boundaries and our shared language about being open together, and it's it's worked for us. Um, but yeah, you know, flying around the world, you know, you're alone in your hotel room. It's like, I think mm-hmm. it's gotten to the point where I get into a hotel room and the first thing I think is, is this a hotel room that would be fun for hooking up in? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
it used to be that I wouldn't want to hook up with or sleep with you. I'm <laughs> that's redundant hook up or sleep mm-hmm. with someone um, <laughs> but if they like knew who I was or if they brought up drag race or if they told me they loved me on my season or something I would just instantly disengage and then Raja mm-hmm. who's another winner you know and of course we winners of course all sit together and just talk all the time <laughs> we, <laughs> we sit have at weekly the winners meetings. table and you have winners <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. discussions <laughs> um <laughs> Um, she said to me, you know, Jinx, these people are called star fuckers. And (laughs) that means you're a star. So why don't you just let them fuck you and feel that star fantasy? It was something like that, you know. Honestly? (laughs) 4 a.m. in Florida, so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why 4 a.m. in Florida made it even more perfect. It's such a specific scene. It really is. (laughs) But honestly, I really like that. I never thought of it that way. Uh, I always thought of it like if people know who I was and they were like trying to hook up with me, I'm like, you want something from me. But like Raja really broke it down. It's like the only thing they want from you is to feel part of what you have (laughs) for a night. That's literally it. They just want to fuck you. So they have a story about fucking you. Yeah. And with like with all my sexual encounters, it's like as long as there's a transparent, open conversation about what we're both like getting into this for and what, what mm-hmm. we both hope to get out of it. you know. And so I'm I, I feel like over the years, eight years of being on the road, I'm pretty good at vetting people, um, pretty good at knowing like who to invite into my hotel room mm-hmm. and who to disengage from. <laughs> mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, yeah, oh, they're just a fanboy, but they're also horny and they're also, you know, <laughs> pansexual and I find that like it's also you know there's a lot of overlap between the fans and younger boys who want to do me because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. our fan bases started skewing younger one but also I think younger queer people are a little more open-minded to um, various gender identities and stuff mm-hmm. like I find that guys my age are still very much into that whole mask for mask ideal. Oh, whereas yes, yes, younger yes. guys are more open-minded to being with someone who's gender non-binary and mm-hmm. super femme and, you know, who has a has a penis but is very Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, I like feminine men. I like men who like musicals and dancing and, <laughs> like, who aren't, overly like a uh, masculine i like a little femininity to my men or maybe i'm just like oh i like men who seem to be caring and have a heart <laughs> and i'm just like what a novel feminine on them i'm like they're so feminine they, they are so, they're thoughtful and it's like no they're a human being who's kind so sometimes i get it twisted but i don't know oh absolutely but then again it's just all about it's all about transparency because i have oh my gosh you know back in the day um i don't do this so much these days post drag race but you know there were those nights uh, um in i'd be doing my drag show and i'd think i was just so gorgeous and i'd be feeling my oats so much that night that i'd stay in drag after my show i knew exactly which bar to go to mm-hmm. to pick up a guy who wanted to go home with a drag queen <laughs> <laughs> And I used to call it heteronormative role play (laughs) because we both knew what was going on. You know, he Mm -hmm. was a chaser and I was a drag queen and we were both like fulfilling a fantasy on each end. Um, 
But we very much, it would often involve a lot of playing into like, oh, I'm just on my way home from my show. <laughs> Will you walk me to my door so I make it safe? <laughs> <laughs> Very much playing into this antiquated, you know, gender role play from the 1950s. Like, I don't know, Mr. Sweetie, how am I going to get home all by myself? <laughs> Honestly, this is a real dream. I love this. I want to do this. Just be like, I don't know, gee golly, how will I get home? I don't know. You better walk me to my car and into my bed and right into my pussy. I love it. What happened? (laughs) Okay, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month in Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors. 
big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. <laughs> Before you started dating your boyfriend, were you on mm -hmm. any of the apps? You know, I um, I used Grinder before Drag Race, and I've just continued using it. And how I use it has changed over the years because there was a <laughs> while where I didn't want people to know it was me. Now it's very upfront. You know, now it's just like I'm Jinx Monsoon. <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. and that <laughs> that helps with the vetting process because if it starts with, oh my god, will you be my drag mom? You know, we're probably oh not fucking. But and then and there's two sides to it, because there's the people who are really into the drag race thing. And then there's the people who are really into the fact that I'm femme and trans and non-binary and um, want to fetishize it, you know, and mm -hmm. call me baby girl and send me a picture of their dick right away. Like, you know, oh, that's how you court a woman. That's how you court someone femme. You just say you infantilize them and then show them your penis and everything's good to go. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just an agreement amongst men that that's how they think people want things. Uh, and it's not. <laughs> I gotta see that dick later. <laughs> yeah, so um, I I I tried Tinder for a little bit when I was more interested mm -hmm. in like dating and not just hooking up. But when you're on the road, Tinder's like when you're answering all the messages and and, and um, matching with people. You're like you're in Texas and you're still going through profiles from. <laughs> 
you know, Arkansas or mm-hmm. something. It takes a while for it to catch up to you. So I was never like getting messages from people <laughs> in the city that I was in. And I realized Tinder is really for like um, stationary people, not yes. for nomads. <laughs> yes, it definitely is. I feel you on that because... Yeah, you leave a city and then you go through it and you're like, ooh, this person's very attractive. You're like, oh, <laughs> they're now 4,000 miles away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so upsetting. Um, the only, yeah, Hinge is also like stationary. I feel like a lot of dating apps are stationary and not meant for people who are out and about moving and grooving. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why Grinder works so well because, I mean, uh, really what we need is for grinder to branch out and make a uh, grinder for for everyone you know there mm-hmm. should be a lesbian grinder and there should be you know straight uh, straight by curious couples looking for a third grinder mm-hmm. you know? cuz it's not just gay men who want to <laughs> who want to know who's 20 feet away from them <laughs> <laughs> honestly you're fully right and i'm always like i wish there was like a grinder that i can use or, well, I mean, I guess I could use Grinder if I want, but like you know, to find people who want to fuck me. Um, yeah. But people are like, "There's Tinder." I'm like, "Tinder doesn't tell me by the foot where somebody is. I want to yeah, know how close yeah. you are. Are you in the room? Are you? Is it coming from the house?" And nothing. It feels like I'm hitting the jackpot when you're on Grinder in a hotel and you realize someone you want to sleep with is in the same hotel, and you're not even going to have to leave the building that night. <laughs> Jinx. What a treat that would be. I would love that. I have been so horny so many times, just like in a hotel room in like Austin, Texas, being like, who, who? I have to leave the hotel (laughs) to figure this out? Do you ever go down to the hotel bar and just make yourself look very available? Sometimes. But I feel like (laughs) unless you're at a very like trendy hotel, it's older people who are just like not yeah. looking to fuck. Not that I wouldn't fuck an older person. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, a lot of times it's a lot of people like couples being like, "Ah, oh, man, we just have to get a nightcap cuz I'm Martha over here." And you're like, "What did Martha do to you?" <laughs> you know, I'm just realizing we talked about like people coming to me um you know, being fanboys and stuff, but um <laughs> I'm wondering if you get anyone hitting on you, like directly referencing your work, you know, like have, have you ever had sex with someone and afterwards they go nailed it? (laughs) No. And people yell nailed it at me constantly. But the only way I'd be happy with it is if someone did it during sex, nobody has done it yet. Nailed it. It would be so funny to me. And then just a lovely story that I could repeat on stage. It'd be like a five minute story, I'm sure. But yeah, nobody's ever done that. I I do believe someone once like, oh, my God. So my catchphrase on my season of Drag Race was water on the mm-hmm. duck's back. I was some kind of, you know, I was talking to myself constantly. It looked like I was speaking in tongues half the time <laughs> on Drag Race. I was so anxious about that high competitive environment that the only way to get through it was to like constantly talk to myself mm-hmm. just to like focus and ground myself. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. One time some boy's like wiping himself up afterward and he's like, like water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That is very funny. (laughs) Yeah, I've had, I mean, 
I've had enough. I always say the good experiences on Grinder when you get used to like how to like um, filter out the weirdos and stuff. The good experiences have outweighed the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the sex has been so amazing that it's worth the like, you know, the occasional ridiculous interaction with someone or some kind of hookup gone wrong. But <laughs> but I also, you know, it led to me meeting my boyfriend and. When you stay open-minded, like, you never know when a hookup might turn into something more serious. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, wait, so you guys met A year met later, you're with the same guy. Yeah, I mean, we. I hope his family doesn't listen to this. They're so supportive. <laughs> they probably will. He gave me permission at one point. He said, you know, I don't think I would mind. But anyway, um, I'll check with him before this gets released. Yes, <laughs> and I can send it to you and you can listen yeah. and we can edit out anything you don't like. Yeah. Well, my boyfriend was working um, in a gay bar as a bartender at the time, so it was really easy to tell his mom and sisters that that's how we met. But no, mm-hmm. it was on Grinder, And it was actually, it's not a very romantic story, but I like it, you know. Um, it was in Manchester, England, where he lives. <laughs> and I had plans with someone else that night. Someone, you know, I, I had seen more than once when I make my way through Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so I had basically, without you know, giving the sort of details, had prepared myself mm-hmm. mentally, spiritually, yes. physically for sex that evening. <laughs> and um, and then the person totally bailed. So when you've gotten all dressed up, you know, <laughs> when you've mm-hmm. gotten all taken the, taken you've the full... cleaned it out, you're like, okay, <laughs> well, somebody got to talking get about douching you. here, people. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame to waste a douching because... It is such a to do and it's and if you're a Virgo like me, you're just like a perfectionist about it. <laughs> so um anyway, I didn't want to waste it. I take to grinder and um yeah, my boyfriend ended up coming over there and we hung out and he spent the night and like, you know, of course we we hooked up and fooled around, but we really fell for each other the next day because he stuck around and was playing my ukulele and he, it was like, I don't know why this did it for me, but like a commercial on the TV would play and he'd start playing the ukulele along with the song that was playing. Like, Aww. I knew I fell for him when he was playing the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire theme song <laughs> on my <laughs> ukulele. And I never thought those would be the, that would be our meet cute, but. <laughs> I think that's fucking adorable. I love that so much to like have a hookup yeah, stay and you're like, mm, I don't know if I need this person here right now, but then they do something <laughs> so endearing that you're like, oh, I don't want them to ever leave. I love that. Oh, yeah. That's adorable. I mean, it was, we moved pretty quickly, but we also, you know, it was two weeks later we decided to start going out. But like I told him every step of the way, you know, like it's fun right now while I'm in the UK and we're, we can keep like, you know, taking buses to see each other, but it's going to be difficult. But we've navigated through it, you know. I think it's just like anything's possible if you're just like uh, willing to have the conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, you know, like I, I'm I'm reveling in this time with my really great boyfriend. I'm also 11 months sober from booze. So it's like it's just felt like a really nice rejuvenative time for me. But um, congratulations on 11 months. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I always say it's the most boring thing I've ever done. You know? like, everyone's like, congratulations. I'm like, for what? I literally stopped doing something. <laughs> well, it's hard. I keep uh, saying I'm going to quit smoking <laughs> cigarettes and then I'll quit for a little bit and then I'll be like, hmm. I love them. They're bad. Oh, 
it's especially in quarantine. It's like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, bravo to you for, for not drinking during quarantine. <laughs> I, I, I have a very dark sense of humor. So everything makes me laugh. Like my one of the roommates will cook something with white wine and I'll be like, <laughs> I pretend to relapse in the middle of the meal. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff cracks me up to no end. <laughs> that's on that I mean to me that's very funny. I love yeah. very dark jokes. <laughs> I think humor I think humor toes a very fine line between funny and tragedy. I think it's they're almost one and the same. I think one of my favorite things my uh, my favorite teacher in college, I went to acting school. Um, my favorite teacher was first my least favorite teacher. She was such a stone cold bitch. But then that's <laughs> why I came to love her. But, um, you know, I had a tumultuous childhood and she asked me something one day in class and she said, um, uh, do, do, do either of your parents drink? Do either of your parents have substance abuse problems? Mm-hmm. I was like, um, yeah, I've dealt with some of that in my life. And she turns to the class and says, see, this is why they're so funny. If you want to be a good comedian, start by having abusive parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. It was so fucked up, but it was so relatable but because all cathartic. of my material stems from this place of making light of like a really um, up and down childhood, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And I really love that I have comedy because I feel like having comedy as my outlet for more tragic aspects of my life mm-hmm. keeps me from walking around being an angrier person. Like I'm able to be a joyful person mm-hmm. because I get all my demons out on stage. <laughs> yeah. I fully agree with you. I like one of the first jokes I ever wrote was about my dead parents. And one of my favorite things to do is very casually talk about being an orphan in front of people who may not know my parents are dead. And then a friend that knows and has heard these jokes before, because like my friends Sashir will laugh uproariously over a dead parent joke. And then someone will be like, Oh my God, are you okay? Why are you laughing? And then that makes me laugh so much harder. I just, yeah, yeah. I love dark, dark, dark shit. (laughs) I am. I remember one Christmas party at, um, um, oh, why, why now? Why is the name (laughs) leaving my head? Dan Savage. Okay. So I lived in Seattle for 12 years and Dan Savage lives there and he had this um, Chris, he has this annual Christmas party and I went one year and I was talking with all his, um, you know, well-to-do neighbors and mm-hmm. they were all just talking about frustrating things with their parents. And it was like one, like her mom had let her kids had refined sugar or mm-hmm. something. And then I think I said something like, oh, well, you know, I can relate. My mom still, cl- my mom claimed me as a dependent this year and stole my tax return. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone was so mortified, and I thought that was like, that's the least of my worries right now. Yes, I think that's so funny to like undercut someone's non-problem with a real problem, but also you find the joy in that real problem. That's so funny. I was talking to a friend recently who was like, oh yeah, my mom took out a car loan in my name this year. I'm 20, I'm 29 years old. I was like, your mom's, I love her. She's funny. (laughs) She's funny. That's very funny. (laughs) I've been having a really, I I love, it's just so easy talking to you. I feel like we've barely talked about relationships. (laughs) Oh, it's fine. I mean, 
yes, it's a relationship-focused podcast, but also <laughs> I just like talking to people who I find funny and interesting. Oh, me too. And I think you're very funny and very wonderful. <laughs> it's been it's been a lot of fun, like rediscovering having phone call conversations, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I avoid my phone. I mean, I'm a textaholic, but I'll be sitting there texting with someone and then they try to call me and mm-hmm. I just stop responding. <laughs> I don't answer the phone. I'm like, no, why are you trying to change this good uh-huh. thing we have? going? <laughs> well, I think it's because with a text message, you can revise a text message mm-hmm. until you have exactly what you want to say. But then when you're talking to someone in like on the phone or whatever, you, you can't really do that. You're just you're like, oh, well, I said that. Mm, was it good? Was it bad? I don't know. <laughs> and it's also the like the audacity of asking me to pay full attention to you. <laughs> like, isn't it enough that I'm I'm t- texting you while I'm also playing Hearthstone on my phone? You know? I like, mean, my therapist was like, we should, she's like, I mean, I'll put it out there. We could FaceTime. And I was like, no, I prefer a phone call. And then the last phone call session we did, I was like, oh, I prefer a phone call because I'm naked in bed playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> and I'm not completely listening to her. So then our next session, I was like, I have a confession to make. Um, I don't remember a thing you said to me because I was fully not paying attention. Yeah, I mean, I I text with my therapist um, because that works the best with my schedule on the road and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, in quarantine, it's been I'll I'll draw a bath and then do my sessions with my therapist in the bathtub. And I think, what? What a what a time to be alive where one, you can text a therapist and mm-hmm. two, you can do it from your bathtub. <laughs> I love it. That's so opulent and elegant. <laughs> I've been very taking opulent. more baths since quarantine started. Uh, I've taken maybe like four or five, maybe six <laughs> baths. And the what other I love day, about baths. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. What's the thing you love about baths? <laughs> I was just gonna say is that you you're doing something you have to do, but you mm-hmm. can multitask. Like you have to clean yourself every once in a while, but you also <laughs> have to answer your emails. And when you mm-hmm. when you do that in the bath, you're getting all your chores done at once. <laughs> well, the first bath I took, I used a bath bomb, <laughs> and then. In the middle of my bath that was so relaxing and luxurious, I was like, wait, are bath bombs bad for your pussy? Am I going to get a yeast infection? Oh, no. So then I drained the tub and then was like washing myself with the regular water. It was a whole to do. And then the second time I was like, oh, this is luxurious. I love it. And then I started playing like sad breakup music. And then I started crying. And then I was like, wait, this bath was supposed to make me happy. And now I'm just sobbing as I softly like sang along with it then I was like what are my roommates thinking are they listening to this oh boy it's been uh it's been a journey I um accidentally made a bath recently where I used um the peppermint body wash for the for the Mm -hmm. bubbles which meant the whole like just getting into the water it was like hot water Mm -hmm. but my skin was tingling like it was freezing (laughs) it was the weirdest (laughs) sensation to be both hot and feel like you're freezing to death in Mm -hmm. the same in the same tub (laughs) i just started getting into peppermint uh soap and i really like it It, it's it wakes you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it truly does. And it like dries you out a little bit more. 
But then mm-hmm. I just like put in that lotion and then I'm like, ooh, I'm so soft and supple. <laughs> oh, wait, Jinx, have you, are yes. you pole dancing for real? Because the video you sent me was so fucking funny. But then I was like, Jinx has some pretty good upper body strength. They really oh, be I, swirling around that pole. I highly disagree. Um, I, <laughs> so my, um, my house is, it's me and one of my best friends from high school bought this house together. And she's been running it as an Airbnb for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. She lives here full time. And I was, you know, most of the time on the road and I had my home base in San Francisco. But um, right before quarantine, I decided to move into the house. And so we're all living here together. She mm-hmm. put the pole in at some point and I've never really interacted with it, but... You know, when we started realizing all my work is going to be online for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future, um, you know, my roommates just keep throwing ideas out at it, at me. <laughs> and if I if I had like <laughs> if I had any drive or like any self-motivation, I'd have like 10 videos out by now. But <laughs> as it's it is, hard. it's like two months into quarantine and I've got one video of me pole <laughs> dancing. But um, yeah, it was just one of my roommates said you should give a pole dancing tutorial with your current level of <laughs> pole dancing knowledge. Um, so I had a lot of fun making that and um, it really was as exhausting as it's. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite was, and now you're upside down, you're upside down, you're upside down because that is the bane of my existence. I cannot get upside down yet. I all I want to do is be upside down, and my body's like, mm, "You big bitch, it's not in the cards yet. You got to work a little bit more." I mean, I love the idea of the pole. You know, I love the I, I I love that at any moment, if I actually had the drive, I could go downstairs and put on some Gloria Stefan and like work out with my pole. Um, but the only time that happens is if I'm doing it for comedy. It's like mm. the only time exercise works its way into my life is if it's a byproduct of. Comedy. <laughs> yeah. I started roller skating almost as a bit. I was like, I want to, I went to like a roller skating rink and I like couldn't do it. Then I was like, I'll learn. So then I started taking roller skating classes and my teacher was a man named Ty who was very kind and loved telling me he was a champion. And then I was like, I'm going to buy roller skates and I'm going to film videos. Like, uh, I don't know if you know Meatball. She's a drag queen in LA. Oh, yeah. I fucking love Meatball. And she's always just swirling around on roller skates. And I was like, she's funny. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do bits with with Meatball. And then yeah. I just, I can't learn. It's so hard. And <laughs> it's so exhausting. I'll be on them for 15 minutes and I'll be dripping with sweat. Oh, and I'll yeah. have moved two feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> roller. Oh, my God. It, it, it's all the stuff that I used to feel so confident about when I was young and then just mm-hmm. haven't cared about for two decades, basically. <laughs> and then it's always the trick of like, you, you convince yourself because you could do it at 12 years old that you can still do it now. You know, like I used to have no problem going upside mm-hmm. down in a pole. I used to do it at the, the drag bars I worked at all the time yep. and <laughs> flipping and twirl- twirling. And then just trying to like <laughs> wrap my mind around the idea of my body being upside down on that pole was such mm-hmm. a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when you're younger, there's a lot of just disregard for safety and your life. Oh, oh, absolutely. 
She's like, I'm going to live forever. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I would like swing on the monkey bars. I took gymnastics. And now I'm 34, 35, 39, 42 years old. And I'm like, <laughs> everything is so hard. My body hurts. <laughs> I, I mean, you know something's changed within you when you can't like bend over to pick something up without <laughs> making a noise. <laughs> and it's like I catch myself making the noise and I'm like, I know that the noise did not help me stand back up. <laughs> like, Why does my body do that? And why does it seem so necessary in the moment? <laughs> I feel like the noise is like extra oomph. Like um, yeah, it pushes you through. Yeah. Like when people are weightlifting and they're like, Urgh! it's like you didn't need to do that. But like maybe it did help a little bit. <laughs> I dated a bodybuilder. Um, really? How was that? What are muscles like? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, it was it went through many stages. Um, honestly, I mean, like, it changed everything. Like, he got so big that I mm -hmm. couldn't comfortably share a bed with him. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it was just like everything piled up and it was hard because he had moved in with me. And then it was like, you know, we had been off and on and he moves in and I'm like meeting him again for the first mm -hmm. time after three months apart suddenly. Um, so it really didn't last long after he moved in and he ends up moving down the hall for me in my same building um, with his new girlfriend. Oh, and that was a whole I mean I've had some really interesting relationships I mean that one's pretty fucking wild I wait tell me another um I I had I was dating this guy okay so it's it was one of those situations where it started bad so it's like it ending bad I kind of had it coming the whole time but mm -hmm. I was young I was right out of college um, he was, you know, four or five years older than me, and he was in a very adult relationship sharing an apartment. And mm -hmm. he started flirting with me. And it was one of those things where it was like, I'm just going to do it once just to see what it's like. And, mm -hmm. and I know we'll we'll totally go back to being just friends. But, you know, um, I we end up fooling around a bunch and he breaks up with his boyfriend and then we start dating and we were together about like eight months and then mm -hmm. he basically did the exact same thing to me. And <laughs> but the person he upgraded to <laughs> mm -hmm. was like 20 years old, 90 pounds when wet. And I realized that oh, his no. boyfriends just keep getting younger and twinkier <laughs> as he moves from boyfriend <laughs> to boyfriend. <laughs> um, so I always referred to that as my... um my first wives club moment i felt like the new one the, the new boyfriend mm -hmm. was the sarah jessica parker and i was the bet midler who had to get her waistline back and but honestly <laughs> i would want to be bet midler obviously everyone wants to be bet midler <laughs> um that was the probably the only time i went into a really bad post breakup depression and I don't know exactly what caused it, but um, I don't know what about that relationship made the breakup so much harder than every other breakup. But I, for a solid month, was just in this pattern of go to work, go get drunk at a bar, walk home, mm -hmm. um, stop and get some um, baked barbecue lays and a two liter mm -hmm. of Diet Dr. Pepper. And then I would sit in my bed and shovel the chips into my mouth and chug down the Dr. Pepper and watch King of the Hill. 
<laughs> for whatever reason, that was my depression show. So I watched my way all the way through King of the Hill. And the day that I pulled myself out of this breakup depression was the day I woke up and my bed was soaked. And I was so sure that I had gone to bed drunk and wet myself in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it was just that I accidentally dumped the the root beer into my <laughs> bed that night. <laughs> I was just sleeping in a puddle of root beer. And I woke up that day and smelt the root beer. And I was like, it's time to get over this break. <laughs> it is funny, the things that snap you out of it. Like, you'll be yeah. just a very small thing. And you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm done yeah. being sad. <laughs> absolutely i was so sad over this boy who like we were dating truly not for a very long time but Mm -hmm. when we finally stopped dating i was devastated i was like this could have been my boyfriend i like him so much oh this is terrible and i was so sad for months and months and months and then i was like i got in my car and i was like i'm gonna drive by his house just to see if he's home and on my way i was like who cares if he's home and then i like i was saying out loud i was like You've done so many wonderful things since you stopped dating this person. Why are you so hung up on this? And then I started crying because I was like, you're being <laughs> ridiculous. And then I started laughing really hard. Then I was like, am I crazy? And then I didn't realize my window was down and I just screamed, fuck. And this man next to me was like, I get it. And I I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, you, you can't be like this all the time. You have to be normal and you can't be screaming. So yeah, it was I, like a just a silly time. <laughs> I wonder where the uh, okay, so I wonder where the overlap is <laughs> with our intersectionality mm-hmm. and the minorities and the and, and the subgroups that you and I represent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I wonder, you know, like I don't know if you do this, but now that I've experienced some success and now that I feel really proud of myself in lots of areas of my life, I play this game where I pull up the Facebook profiles Mm -hmm. of men who have totally broken my heart Uh (laughs) and click through their Facebook profiles Mm -hmm. and then click through mine. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, so they're at a picnic with their family last (laughs) Sunday. I was in Australia performing (laughs) to a sold out comedy club. (laughs) I I think I can let this go now. (laughs) I sometimes do that. I'll do that with like People I've dated just like check in and be like, "Mm, what are you doing? Anything interesting? And it's never anything interesting. And then people from high school where I like I wasn't made fun of. I had a fine time in high school. But all those people that I was jealous of, I was like, what are they doing now? And I'm like, none of them are doing anything that Mm -hmm. seems (laughs) remotely something I would be interested in. I don't want to say like having a family and a husband is like. (laughs) stupid and shitty and boring to me it is mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to just be a mom or just be a wife and i'm like yeah i don't know if you're living your dream but like i definitely am and then i'm like am i an asshole then i'm like no i'm just you know <laughs> trying to feel better oh yeah I, I i like you know i i i especially like looking back on the guys that like maybe fetishized me or maybe made me feel degraded for being a drag queen Mm -hmm. or or for whatever reason that they like left me with a bad taste in my mouth i think the most shocking one was one time i was playing this game and then i found out this ex of mine was like involved in some murder trial (laughs) i couldn't find enough of the details but i was like okay this game got dark like (laughs) 
I don't want to sit here and be patting myself on the back for having gone to the GLAAD Awards when when he's like on trial for murder. Oh, no. <laughs> he wasn't on trial for murder. I just said that. I, I said that for the, the joke of it. But <laughs> Well, I liked it. I would love to see someone I dated be on trial for murder. I'd be like, well, I really dodged that. Yeah. And then you'd have to be in the courtroom, you know, dressed with a giant hat and like mm-hmm. like a <laughs> film noir, you know, femme fatale. <laughs> I know for a fact if someone I dated was on trial for murder, whether it was true or not, I'd be like, well, there was a time I felt like I was in danger. And uh, I'll tell you all about it. Like just very dramatic, trying to make it about myself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's I think that's just a trait of performers is to be mm-hmm. like, you know, you hear of something tragic happening and you're like, oh, my God, I was supposed to perform there four months from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been me if it happened four months later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Just like turning it around to yourself. It's just like, oh, no, my God. Wait, Jinx, you said you were a Virgo way back a while mm-hmm. ago. When is your birthday? September 18th, Um, the same day as Greta Garbo's and two days before Michelle Visage's. And Michelle Visage and I are like TV personalities and like our public personas who we play on stage couldn't be more different. Mm -hmm. But who we are backstage, like we always share a dressing room because we're the only two who want to like belt out show tunes while we get ready. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, yeah. It's it's funny, like I've become really close with Michelle over the years and, you know, it's always fun when the person who used to, like, make you shit your pants because you were so scared of them is mm-hmm. now, like, one of your good friends, you know? <laughs> I love Michelle. She's so, she's, like, very, very funny and real. And she is different off camera than she is on camera. Oh, yeah. You think this Jersey bitch persona is her, but mm-hmm. she's actually, like, one of the nerdiest people yes. I know. <laughs> Just, like, the fucking sweetest. I love her. Uh, and it was funny because like uh, when I judged I did all stars I was a judge in all stars and Mm -hmm. we were just talking about something in between like the judges critiques or whatever and I said something about being from Jersey and then we just like really talked about Jersey and then we found out (laughs) that we went to the same acting school and we were talking about that and it was just so she's great I love her so much oh she's so much fun (laughs) and what I love about her when I tour with her is that she is very much a mom mm-hmm. um, off stage. She's got she's got two kids and she's just constantly FaceTiming with them. <laughs> I I know too much about her kids. I think <laughs> I think just touring with Michelle, I know a lot of intimate details about her her home life. <laughs> I mean, I guess it goes both ways. I mean, she oh god. <laughs> I, <laughs> There was a time, me and my assistant, you know, having been best friends for so long, and sometimes you just really get on each other's nerves touring Mm -hmm. together. And um, Michelle had to, like, break up an argument between us in an airport in Amsterdam because security was about to, like... (laughs) take us into holding because we were having this obnoxious petty fight and Michelle Visage had to like step in and referee and I'm like I can't believe this woman (laughs) from TV is now like helping me and my best friend (laughs) de-escalate our problems it's it's the really surreal thing about like being a performer and like 
especially, I don't know how you might feel being, I, I, I don't know, what were you doing before you started experiencing success and started getting some notoriety? Um, <laughs> Comedy. Like, it's funny yeah. because I feel like drag queens, drag queens and comedians have so much in common. Like, you do drag at nightclubs. <laughs> you're doing the same thing you were doing. You get on Drag Race. You achieve fame. And you're like, I was doing the same thing. You just saw me on a bigger like platform. So yeah. you like me now. And it's the same thing with like comedy. Like jokes that I was doing in clubs that didn't work before Nailed It or before Girl Code or whatever suddenly worked after I was on television. And I was like, oh, you think it's okay to laugh and like me because the world kind of co-signed it for you. You know, like the television was like, like her. And you're like, I like her. Uh, So yeah, it's truly the same thing I was doing before that I'm doing after. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, there's these moments where I feel like it's important to look back on our roots. You know, Mm -hmm. I think comedians and drag queens, you're absolutely right. Go through some very similar experiences on your way up, you know, like as you work really, really hard. And if you don't give up over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. you're generally going to have some of those horror stories where like, I remember this club I used to work in where we had to lay duct tape down around our makeup, you know, like make a little duct tape moat around our makeup so that cockroaches wouldn't (laughs) crawl on our makeup, you know, (laughs) and we'd come back from doing our number and there would be like cockroaches trapped on these (laughs) strips of tape right next to your eyeshadow and (laughs) and having to tap out your heels to make sure like cockroaches hadn't crawled in (laughs) i think about that anytime i'm also having a moment like of michelle visage in an amsterdam airport Mm -hmm. saying like you two stop fighting (laughs) like she's our mom i'm like you know at least i'm not in a basement (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> with cockroaches crawling all over my makeup anymore. Oh, God, yeah. I've done shows to like, I did one show to literally, there were six people before I went on. The comic before me walked two of those people. So two people left. So I did a show for four people. And my best friend, Sashir, was there. My other very good friend, my best friend, Mateo Lane, was there. And I turned and looked at them and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give these people the best 15 minutes of their (laughs) lives because for whatever reason we were doing 15 minute sets instead of 10 minute sets. So I truly performed like it was a crowd of like 600 people and those four people laughing. I was like, you know what? (laughs) This is how I should be doing this all of the time. I should be giving a hundred percent all of the time. But you know how you see like four people and you're like, fuck, I don't want to do this. But like, oh, I think back to that so oh, much absolutely. when I like sell out a show and I'm like, yeah, there was once a time where I did shows for four people. <laughs> yeah. I, I I, mean, there was a time where I was standing on a trash can, you know, like barking on the street trying to get people to come into my yeah. audience. I, I, you know, it's like I just love looking back on those moments because um, there's no way to like get anywhere successfully as a performer unless you like really just stick at it throughout the the hardest hardest parts of it (laughs) yeah I once had a teacher say to me in school he was like if you can live without performing and acting do that and I was like what the (laughs) fuck and then as I started doing it I was like oh because it's really hard and it hurts your feelings over and over and over again (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, it's just, I know we're not there yet. I know we we're con- constantly trying to push big steps forward um, for representation. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that like, you know, being starting drag at 15, thinking there was no possible way that I could ever, you know, like be on TV as a drag queen. Mm-hmm. And now not only that, but like I've done the competition show, I've done some scripted work and, you know, not all of it's great. A lot mm-hmm. of it's very much like, oh, drag queens are in right now. So let's have one in our show. And she'll say a, a catchphrase that doesn't have anything to do with the plot of the story. And <laughs> we'll shuffle her off. You know, <laughs> she's just here to be a, a, a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. But with that, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And we've got to allow room for like bad art to be made, too, mm-hmm. because yeah. it also allows room for the good stuff. And it's just so... It's yeah, it's very exciting to be at living in a time when like drag is getting this representation, even if some of it's like totally hokey and cheesy, like Mm -hmm. who knew we would ever be here? (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love seeing it. It makes me so happy. Um, Yeah. Well, Jinx, (laughs) we've come to the end. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) I truly enjoy talking to you. You're a goddamn delight. Back at Also, I remember because I loved watching you on Drag Race and I got to meet you at DragCon. And I had like walked past you and you went, Nicole Byer? And I was like, Jinx Monsoon knows who I am. I truly freaked out. I love that day. I remember it like it was yesterday because um, me and my best friend um, had just watched, we had binge watched um, loosely exactly nicole right is that what that was mm-hmm. loosely exactly yes <laughs> it was such mm-hmm. an amazing show we binged it in like oh, two days thank you and then it was like a week later we were at um drag con and you just walked by me and i remember the whole thing being very much like nicole buyer jinx monsoon oh hi nicole <laughs> like, maybe i had already tweeted at you or something about saying i loved your show so in my world you know you liked my tweet so we're best friends now so it's not a big deal for when we mm-hmm. meet the first time <laughs> it was honestly perfect and you were dressed like what are they fleur no from harry rita potter skeeter. I, that was my rita skeeter day i had a fleur de la cour day yes, and a rita yes, skeeter yes. day yeah <laughs> Oh, it was perfect. I loved it. Well, Jinx, do you... Oh, wait. Oh, I usually ask people this. Sometimes I forget, but would you date me? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I would feel very nervous that I couldn't fulfill you sexually. <laughs> but hearing that you... Um, you know, you can be into femme guys, you know, and I myself at 32 years old, I find myself leaning so much more pansexual and queer than like strictly about penises Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I was in my teen years. So at this point, I'm like, you know, I love buffets. Why not take that (laughs) principle into my whole life? I mean, I was raised white trash. The fanciest thing we would do as a family is go out to a nice buffet. So really, like, I should be employing that principle in all areas. (laughs) I love it. Honestly, that's the best answer I've ever heard. We should apply buffet rules to life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Jinx, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, you know, it's so hard to tell what'll be going on in the next couple of months, but um I do a lot of shows at stageit.com. Um 
And that's with um, Producer Entertainment, my management firm. We do a digital drag festival. And I think we're just going to keep extending it as long as we have to, to, you know, um, it's it's a very interesting time to be a freelance artist. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm not planning too far ahead, but I, I, I have been doing a lot of shows over there. And um, so I'm sure I'll be doing a lot more streaming. I do a lot of shows on my Instagram live, mostly like karaoke request shows. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm working with Ben de la Creme, uh, Peaches Christ and Major Scales on a podcast called WQUR Queer Quarantine Radio. And we've just released our first episode by the time this podcast comes out i think we'll have done two or three episodes so you can check that out we've got a patreon and we're just doing it for the love of new art creation in a medium we've never worked with before (laughs) i love it well if you like this episode of why won't you date me you can like it you so you can subscribe you can rate it five stars and if you send me a nasty come on i will read it (laughs) this nice person said singing sunday Singing Sunday is for the moans you letting out because that dick's so thick. Money Monday. Monday is for shoving money in those pole dancing rolls. (laughs) Taco (laughs) Tuesday. Taco meaning the food we eat whilst we fuck. No need for euphemisms. We can have tacos and pussy. Wacky Wet Wednesday. Trampoline pool sex only on Wednesday. Thought Thursday, a day for intellectuals <laughs> to teach men about properly eating pussy. Freaky Friday. <laughs> you ever heard of the polar bear sex position? Me either. Let's make it up. Sex Saturday. Of course you need a day to get back those reverse cowgirl roots. <laughs> that was very silly. Thank you so much. Uh, I won't say who it is because sometimes people get mad that I say their names. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.